Well, the Ontario government focusing on health care, long-term care, and touting their handling of the pandemic during this morning's throne speech. But as Dave Woodard tells us, not everybody was thrilled with what they heard. Green Party leader Mike Schreiner didn't mince words. That had to be one of the most uninspiring throne speeches I've ever heard. The speech was seven pages long and detailed some of the spending the government's made in the last year, but little was promised going forward. NDP leader Andrea Horvath says she was disappointed there was nothing new in terms of spending for frontline health care workers. Doug Ford made it clear again, he's not here for you. You deserve better. In terms of when we might hear from the Premier about the throne speech, it might be a while. Premier Ford is apparently somewhere in the northern part of the province touring healthcare facilities and speaking to frontline healthcare workers. At Queen's Park, Dave Woodard, Global News. All right, let's bring in John Capabianco, Senior Vice President, Senior Partner with uh, Fleshman Hillard High Road. He joins us now here on Global News Radio. Uh, John, as you just heard there, the opposition doesn't like it much. Uh, what was your take on uh, today's or uh, this morning's throne speech? Well, Jeff, I'm not surprised. Uh, that's that's their job is to oppose, and and obviously they're not they're not happy with with what's uh, what was said. But look, albeit it was a short um, uh, throne speech, but it really did, I think, accentuate the fact that the focus and the and the, and the primary focus, quite frankly, of the prime minister, of the premier and and going into. Uh, the next session, probably leading right up until the election in June 2022, is going to be the pandemic. I think it was an important time for him to reset. Uh, as you know, he actually prorogued uh, or recessed the, the parliament and the legislature just before the election. And uh, and I think it was an opportunity from the reset to put the priorities back to uh, Ontarians to say, look, here's what we've done over the pandemic. We spent a lot of money. We've increased you know, uh, spending for health care. We've added 30,000 long-term home beds over the next 10 years. We're adding 27,000 more frontline workers to long-term care. All of those important issues, which of course has dominated the province for the last two years, and it's going to continue to dominate for the next, you know, uh, years to come, but certainly between now and the election. So it was an opportunity for him to be able to say, here's what we've done. Here's what we're going to do moving forward with respect to continuing to monitoring the, the pandemic and keeping an eye on on hospitals and ICUs and making sure that we're safe because the safe route that he's been taking has, has been working well for Ontario, given what's happening in other provinces and other jurisdictions in Canada. So I think it's an opportunity for that, uh, for, for Ontarians to understand that that's where his focus is going to be and has been. Okay, you perhaps asked my next question, but I'll ask it anyways. Do, do you think that the pandemic is going to dominate this uh, session of the legislature? Do you think it could dominate early on and then uh, perhaps uh, as the, the session goes on and we get into the new year, it may not, particularly in light of, uh, and they uh, highlighted this during the throne speech earlier this morning, that as it stands right now in Ontario, we got a pretty high vaccination rate. More than 86% of eligible residents have now received at least a single dose, uh, John. So, you know, as we continue to work our way uh, through the latter part of this year into next year, do you think the pandemic will still dominate the session? I hope not, to be honest with you, Jeff. I think, you know, as, as remember, remember all of us in 2020, we're looking forward to 2021 being a better year uh, and, and one that we thought might have ended the pandemic and, and, and all this. And of course, it's, you know, we're, we're now at the end of, of 2021 almost and we're still at it. But I do think we're a far better shape than we've been last year for sure. And even at the beginning of this year, given the fact that, as you stated, the numbers of, of those that are being vaccinated, not only here in Ontario, but across Canada, increases. Um, I do think, though, that the government does need to start focusing on economic recovery. As we start getting into, you know, mass vaccinations and, and hopefully herd immunity and 
and maybe the end of these variants, um, there's going to have to be an opportunity for this government to start focusing on, you know, those businesses that didn't survive during the pandemic that had problems that continue to have those problems now. I think it's an important part of it. And I think we're going to start seeing that focus from this government, certainly in the next session. And I think the budget that we're all going to expect probably, you know, in early spring or spring of 2022 uh, is going to be an important one because I think it'll be one of those that will focus on uh, recovery, hoping that, that we don't get any more variants coming towards us over the next uh, months ahead. Let me ask you as well, John, uh, your take on the uh, premier in his absence uh, as of late, particularly uh, when it comes to press conferences and uh, answering reporters' questions. Heard Dave Woodard's piece uh, off the top there mentioning that uh, he's in the north right now, Premier Ford is. We likely won't hear from him for days on this uh, throne speech. Does he need to get back out in front a little more, do you think? Well, you know, this is one where any leader doesn't win on. You know, either you get criticized for being on, on TV or in front of cameras far too much, uh, or you get criticized for not being there enough. There's never really a sweet spot uh, from the perspective of trying to keep, you know, either your critics happy or, or more importantly, your voters happy. But I think that as long as the premier is out there meeting with real voters, meeting with businesses, getting out there and talking to people on one-on-one basis, I think that he wins. And that's an important part. And that's what, who he is. He's a retail politician. At, at, at his heart. So he loves being out there and mixing with people and, and less being in front of a, you know, a group of, of reporters in, in the studio, which he does and, and has done and, and will continue to do when, it, when it's time to do it. But I think it's probably more about, you know, the critics wanting to sort of pin some negativity to him saying, well, he's not around, he's not being accessible. Well, you know, he's out there and he's meeting with voters and businesses. And, and more importantly, as we heard today, he's meeting with healthcare. Uh, officials or authorities and, and officials in, in parts of the province that's not downtown Toronto. And that's that's a positive thing. All right. This is an election year. we got an election coming up uh, next summer. So having said that, knowing that, uh, do you expect this next se- session, sorry, the legislature, do you expect it to be just as raucous, if not even more so than the previous one? Yes, I do. There's no doubt about it. You could just tell that the uh, the opposition leaders both uh, the Greens, Mike Schreiner, and uh, and the NDP with Andrew Horvath are, are are chomping at the bit to sort of to get at it. You know, they're using everything they can, even now when the session's not in place, uh, to to try to criticize and and, and you know score score their points. So I, I suspect it's going to be even more so when the legislature's there and everybody's there and the focus is back on uh, on Parliament and the legislature. So I I suspect it'll be ruckus. I think that they need to they need to shore up their support quite frankly, Jeff, both the Greens and more importantly, the NDP and the Liberals. We don't hear much about the Liberals because they're, they've only got seven seats, but, you know, they're all going to try to vie for the position of, of trying to, you know, knock down the premier and then give themselves that extra bun- bunch uh, push, I should say, with their only their voters, but also the swing voters, the, the, the voters who are undecided yet and what they want to do. Okay, I know the election is a little ways off, but this kind of feels like with the throne speech, kind of like the starting gun, the beginning of the election campaign almost, and everything that's uh, on the line. Do you think, I mean, thankfully, Ontario, we have uh, weathered the storm, at least up until now, when it comes to the uh, fourth wave. Do you think that this election, John, could it be uh, determined by the ability of the uh, province and the government to lead us back uh, economically? I, I do. I think that there's a lot of, because if you look at the federal election campaign that just ended, 
you know, where the prime minister called the election. And yes, we've had this discussion on, on the shows and others have as well about, you know, what, what, whether I should have called it, what the real reason for it. But the pandemic and the vaccines became a key issue and it became a, actually a politicized issue there. We're seeing what's happening in Alberta and British Columbia and other provinces who might have let down their restrictions a little too early and a little too soon now back up to, to being, you know, they're having their restrictions high. I think the fact that the premier and he got a lot of criticism early on with respect to being maybe too too tight with restrictions and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe Ontarians and voters want him to open up a bit more. But he stuck to his guns and said, no, no, we got to do this. And we're seeing that our numbers, thankfully, are, are being steady. And hopefully that will carry on. I do think that when it comes down to the election, the pandemic, because it's been such an important uh, and critical you know, part of our lives over the last two years, will likely be um, um, a, a major topic of the, of the debate. And I'm sure the opposition will want to make that an election about how they think the premier handled the pandemic leading into the election. You know, again, it's, it's mm-hmm. eight months away and hopefully it's over by then, Jeff. So, you know, we can all count on that. I hear you there. And geez, just one election ended, the federal one. Here we are talking about another already, the Ontario one. <laughs> John, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jeff. There goes John Capabianco with Fleischman Hillard High Road here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.